This is the Stampede, Ryan Jones, along with my friend Ashton Yanez. We are back again, once again, and what a morning it's been, what a weekend it was. We have so much to talk about on this episode, I don't know how we're going to cover it all. Holy crap, Tom Brady just retired. Just retired. Like, like, about an hour ago. Prior to the production of this episode. We were eating breakfast, and, you know. Gravy just fell out of my mouth as I read that he retired. Yeah, it was crazy. So, I mean, yeah, I guess let's just open with talking about Tom Brady. We'll get to the uh, the best weekend of football we've ever seen. We'll get to uh, some of the head coaching hirings, and we're going to make our predictions for the conference championship. But we just wanted to kind of acknowledge Tom Brady, what he means to sports. The, I mean, love him or hate him, we definitely have had our – our hate for him. Well, I, I just have mixed feelings about this whole thing because, you know, just cheering for an AFC team and watching the Patriots just dominate your the conference for nearly two decades, seeing Tom Brady basically be the leader of that franchise, the leader of the organization, and although he had the greatest coach ever, Bill Belichick, I mean, you can tell a lot of the success in the Patriots was because of Tom Brady's competitiveness and just his ability to never give up, no matter who he has on his team, no matter what people say that the team's going to be this year, if Tom Brady's getting old, it didn't matter. From the beginning of his career to the end, he was just this force that impacted the National Football League one way or another. And it's crazy because you come, you think about just how long of a way he came. Being that six-round draft pick in the 2000 draft, you know, how in the Madden video game, when it came out that year, he was rated like 57 overall. And then all of a sudden, since then, he was like no lower than like 84 overall. Like he was always just playing at a high level. And there were many years where he was 90 plus overall. But just all the accolades too, just the passing yard records, the touchdowns, Super Bowl wins, obviously. He's got seven, six with the Patriots, one with the Bucks. I mean... There's, there's no argument that can be used that proves that he's not the greatest of all time. There's there's no evidence that would somehow steer him from the fact that he is the greatest to ever play quarterback in the National Football League and definitely one of the greatest football players ever in any position. The way I look at it is that I think Tom Brady is the best athlete ever in any sport ever. Because he sustained 20 years of excellence. You know? that That's simple as that. You know, you love him or hate him. I think he's above Michael Jordan, above Serena Williams, above LeBron, above, you know, whoever you want to throw into that mix. You know, I think he is the, the best athlete in the history of sports. And it is going to take a lot for someone to overcome him. Uh, I know, I know Mahomes has had a great start to his career, and he could do it, I think, because, you know, your first three years starting in the league, you basically made three straight Super Bowls, right, potentially. You know, we'll give our predictions for the conference championship. and uh, But, yeah, I, I mean, it's going to take a lot for someone to pass this dude, straight up. He's the best that's ever done it. And I was kind of thinking about this from the Buccaneers' perspective. Are the Bucs like a total rebuild now? Like, the roster's good, right? Roster's <clears throat> very solid. I think it depends on where and how they feel with also, Kyle Trask is. I think that's what it's going to come down to. The other thing is, 
does Bruce Arians just retire too? Because he came, you know, he retired once already, and he came out of coaching to coach the Buccaneers. Then he lucked into Tom Brady, right? You know, um, you know, uh, the Jack. You know, we'll talk about the head coaching hires, but I really do do think that, you know, this has potential for Bruce Arians to retire now. Gronk is obviously probably going to retire with him. I can't imagine Gronk goes anywhere else. You I, know? I think Gronk's right? pretty I think, much retiring. Like, unless he got some crazy deal for a team that was, like, super tight end needy at this point. Yeah, unless, like, the Chiefs try to you sign I mean? him and he's, like, just sh- hanging out with Kelsey or something, you know? Like, right. Like, that's, you know. But uh, I – this could have some huge impact across the National Football League. Oh, yeah. The Jaguars are trying to hire, uh, or did they, at least they've had multiple interviews with uh, Byron Leftwich, the OC for the Bucks. Bruce Aaron retires. Either him or Todd Bowles is going to be the head coach of the Buccaneers. Both deserve a head coaching job. So this might cause the Jaguars to kind of well, we don't, hurry, we don't, hurry we don't, it up. We don't you know? know how the Buccaneers are reacting to the retirement altogether. I know. I, I know. That's true. That's, That's true. That's the thing, too. We also have to wait on that. I mean, yes, granted— Basically, this entire team was assembled via Tom Brady choosing to go there. But, you know, I mean, like Bruce Arians, he was still coaching there, you know, for a couple years or three years prior to Tom Brady being there. No, it was only one year. He had one year with Jameis. Or one year with Jameis. One year with Jameis, and then Brady came. So, and we know that Arians is a great coach, but he might just retire, you know? I I mean, if Sean Payton can retire with... James Winston. Yeah, we're, and we're going to talk about Sean Payton as well. Um, but I wanted to talk about what potentially the Hall of Fat, cl- the Hall of Fame class could be for that that class. Big Ben, Tom Brady, Gronk, potentially, Gronk. Ad- probably Adrian Peterson retires as well. Yeah, like he had, he didn't play in football this season, right? I think he, he played didn't... like two or three games for like two different with, teams with Seattle. He was with Seattle. He was with Seattle and Tennessee. Yeah. So my whole thing was. That's a that's a really good Hall of Fame class, and maybe Larry Fitzgerald. May yeah no yeah I mean Larry Fitz retired um, last season, so he probably gets in before them. But yeah, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer as well. So in one class you're gonna have Brady, Big Ben, AP, um, Gronk, you know, and then I don't know what the rules are on coaching, but if Sean Payton stays retired, he'd probably be in that class too, right? I don't know how many years you have to it, be. Right. It, we well, always we gotta see what he what he's planning because he said on live television that you know he might consider going back to coach later on. He just said for sure that he's not coaching this upcoming season, and he's still under contract with the Saints for three more years. I think that if he wanted to go coach somewhere else, the Saints would figure it out. It would basically because of all he's done for it them. It would essentially work like a trade mm-hmm. if he were to yeah. end up coaching anywhere else soon, at least in the NFL perspective. Yeah, he'd go for like a draft pick probably and something. It'd be- the Saints would let him go. Yeah, so let's talk about Sean Payton now. He retired. The Saints are a complete mess. Seventy mil under the cap. Um, they were a pretty much a bad franchise before him and Drew Brees, and I think that that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to stay a bad franchise because I do not see. Any way to kind of navigate their cap situation? I'm, I mean, I'm sure they'll figure it out because they always do. They somehow always bring in more players. But I think Michael Thomas is gone. I think Kamara is gone. Like, I think that you're going to see a lot of pay- players want out of New Orleans because Sean Payton isn't there. Right. So you're going to have a lot of potential high-profile players 
you know, moving across the National Football League because and when you're seventy mil over the salary cap, it's like you, do we even you can't even do we even try anybody. and tell them no? Like you know, what I mean, like it, you can't it, resign anybody. It benefits us more anyway if we just solely rely on players that we recently drafted or you know, mm-hmm. just players that we can get at the minimum wage because like you would have to have a dirt cheap deal for Jameis Winston and he would have to accept that because honestly, I think odds are that Jameis. Probably gets well, you already another, blew it giving 40 mil to your other quarterback. To your tight end that is cosplaying as a quarterback, yeah. Um, I do think that Jameis is not going to be a saint. I think that there's a potential for him to have a reunion with Tampa. Pittsburgh needs a quarterback. Um, you know, we already talked. Denver needs a quarterback. Um, I wouldn't want them to go after Jameis, but it's obviously a possibility, right? Um I think Jameis gets the starter deal somewhere else. I don't know how the Saints can afford to sign him. Like he probably gets a two a multiple year deal. I think because you saw what the Saints were with I, him. I really they went think... five and one with him, and then down the stretch, they were horrible without. I him. I so... really think that now that you know Sean Payne's out and that Drew Brees are out, you know even though they've have good leadership in the front office, I mean. They've done well to make sure Sean Payne had a competitive team nearly every year, even when Drew Brees was way past his prime. I mean, you're gonna this is gonna be the NFC Texans, and not because they made bad decisions, but it's just because everything that they've invested on is now done. Their coach, the quarterback. I mean, their tight end quarterback thing. I don't know. I I, I think they over invested on him unless they know a guy that's ready to make him a star quarterback all of a sudden. I don't know. But, I mean, this team's already – they now have to pay pay up, basically, on everything that they've already invested on to make sure mm-hmm. Sean Payne had some good years. So I'm kind of expecting them just to be held back and just play to the best of their ability. And, and Don't get me wrong. They still have solid players. In, they do have solid in players. In positions, right? Kamara's probably arguably – yeah, you can make the argument he's the best running back in the but NFL. But you can argue, right? but as you, you just said earlier, most of them are going to dip. Yeah, potentially. We don't know yet. But, you know, if they, if everyone, if they keep everybody, you know, um, Kamara's a good back. Michael Thomas comes back and he's healthy. I would imagine that he's gone for sure, though. Um, <clears throat> they have Marshall Lattimore, excellent number one corner, right? You have uh, Demario Davis in the middle of your defense. You, you have, like, a lot of good pieces everywhere. They have the best tackle duo in the league, probably when healthy. Um, it's interesting to see what they're going to do. Let's kind of move on to head coaching positions and start with the Saints. Uh, they've interviewed, uh, requested interview or have interviewed uh, Bucks offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich, um, who could potentially stay in Tampa as the new head coach if Bruce Arians retires. He could also go to the Jaguars, which honestly, it's kind of crazy to say the Jaguars might be a better job than the Saints. Because they have all the they have the young quarterback in place, you know they're not going to give up on Trevor Lawrence even after two seasons. No. If he sucks next season, right? No, it was definitely an Urban Meyer fiasco yeah. that what crushed the entire yeah organization, the locker room, the team. I mean, if they can just get a solid NFL coach, I mean, this is a program that's able to flip the script. I mean, this is a you know, I mean, like this is an organization that had at least one championship caliber team. You know, I mean, Blake Portals went to the AFC Championship game. We're going to actually mention Blake Portals a little bit later in this. Not for reasons you think. Trust me. Surprise me, please. I will. But, you know, Saints, I mean, like... The Saints have also interviewed uh, Lions defensive yeah. coordinator Aaron Glenn, who's gotten a lot of looks around the league. 
Uh, so I can tell he's a respected dude. It surprises me because the Lions' defense wasn't good this year, you know? Um, I would imagine that Saints' defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, is probably going to get the job. They want to keep him in the building. Uh, he's one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, and they have interviewed him, obviously. And then Brian Flores as well. They've uh, reached out to Brian Flores. I would imagine they've already got an interview with him. So, gut reaction, who coaches the Saints next season, Ashton? If I had a gut reaction, I'd say Dennis Allen, the Saints D coordinator. I think they keep him in-house uh, because, if not, he is going to be the hottest name out there for teams. I, I think if you're the Saints, life. it's just safer to go to go in-house, let the team play on with what you got left because you're going to be making some cuts, you know, just to get your salary cap in order. And then once you finally get the money figured out, and start seeing where you're at in draft picks, seeing what free agents are available later on in the market. That's when you finally start taking like the head coaching interview seriously and find a coach that can really work with your future collateral. But right now the Saints just have nothing to go with. It's just not a job that I think any head coach is really looking to get except for just, you know, maybe just, I don't even know, someone who just wants the money, I guess. But there's not really a lot of success. I mean, the, the the Texans last year, they hired someone to basically be the fall guy, which was messed up. But if you're if you're the Saints, you're already in position to do the same thing. And I don't really see anyone wanting that head coaching job unless they're prepared to be the fall guy. You good? Yeah, I shut my mic off before yeah. I sneezed. Yeah, bless you. My mic might have picked it up, but whatever. Okay. It's fine, whatever. Uh, let's talk about some of the head coaching hires that have actually happened. Uh, the Giants hired Brian Dable, Bills offensive coordinator. Very expected, honestly. Uh, A-plus hire in my book. Dable very. should have been hired last year by somebody, right? Um, very, I don't know if the word's happy for Giants fans, but I think that they finally got a a good head coach. I think that he's going to be a good head coach. Now, whether or not that's with Daniel Jones or not, we'll see. Um, but A-plus hire, in my opinion, Brian Dable, A-plus. What do you think? I, I really like it. Brian Dable is a guy who really helped Josh Allen develop into becoming one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And you, you see the progress Josh Allen had, not only that, but also the progress of the Buffalo Bills offense. I mean, throughout the year, we were like, man, this team's playing really good. They're throwing the ball a lot. But they were struggling in the run game. And, and you know, I told you for the last few episodes, like, hey, if they can just get, you know, Singletary, you know, just some production, not a whole lot, but just enough to where all of a sudden all eyes are no longer on Josh Allen, this offense can easily be unstoppable. And I think we've, now that Devin Singletary had, you know, 50-plus yards a game, all of a sudden, we're seeing how good this team is and how they're basically unstoppable. And I think that's what Brian Dable brings with the Giants is the fact that now he's like, okay, we have the running back that can obviously produce, Saquon Barkley. Now we just need everything else. You know, they overinvested in their wide receivers that weren't even really A-plus rated wide receivers, yet they were invested like it. Um, obviously, Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones, so they'll fix that eventually. And they're going to be all doing all kinds of changes. But I think the the hire is great. And what's really great about this is the fact that Giants even got a new GM. Because really that's where the problem began. Was yeah. the, just the bad GM. He was just all about hiring his best friends. You know, just like, oh, we, we're just going to get the 
best players and that's just what we're going to do and just hope we win. It's like, no, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to sit on my butt and make sure my best friends make money. Like, the Giants want to compete. The city of New York wants to compete. And so, no, great hire. Really excited to see what the Giants franchise does in this offseason to see, to, to show everyone that they're actually competing. Yeah, if you told me, and you asked me in three years if Brian Dable would be like a top 10 coach in the NFL, I would say yes. I think that it's an A-plus hire. And I think I'm going to say the same exact thing about our next guy who I want to talk about. My Denver Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett, who in one press conference brought more energy than Vic Fangio did in the three years he was the head coach. <laughs> My gosh. I am falling in love with Nathaniel Hackett. I think it's A-plus hire. I think in three years we're going to be talking about him the same way we talk about Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, in that, you know, whether that's with Aaron Rodgers or not, I think it's a good hire. Uh, you just got to figure out the quarterback now. You have a great roster, right? We know this. We've known this. Same, It's the same thing. I'm just happy they went an offensive-minded guy because that's what the Denver Broncos have needed forever. Well, we're seeing the trend, too, with a lot of the great young head coaches in this league, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, uh, you know, just all these guys that were, you know, oddly enough playing or coaching as assistants, position coaches, or offensive coordinators for Washington, all of a sudden they're out being the NFL coaches and they're either flipping a franchise or they're continuing or continuing the legacy of a good franchise. And so a lot of teams are like, you know what? We need to find a really good offensive coordinator who's really doing his job well. And so, yeah, not, not a surprise at all. I don't know why I'm losing train of thought right now. Uh, your Raiders haven't made an official decision. They've interviewed... Uh, Josh McDaniels, the OC of the Patriots. Yes, uh, as well as Todd Bowles, who I think Todd Bowles deserves another head coaching job. I mean, he got hired by the Jets. You're going to be bad with the Jets no matter what, right? Uh, also, Gerard Mayo, who's the linebacker coach for the Patriots. And we'll see what they do there with Rich Basaccia. going to be interesting to see that. Uh, the Bears actually made a hire, um, and I think it's a good one. Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, very well-respected well in the league. It's going to be interesting to see what they do uh, with the offensive coordinator spot there. Who do you bring in for Justin Fields is my big question, right? Um, and, you know, you went offensive guy last time. It didn't work out with Matt Nagy. So, you know, the Bears are going to stick to what they do best, defense, right? And... Yeah, Colts defense, one of the best in the league year in and year out because of this dude. And I think it's a good hire. I think it's a really good hire. And really, Chicago's just a good offensive coordinator away from all of a sudden being a pretty good football team. Because they were always a They're, team that was around the 500 mark anyway, similar to the Raiders. Do you want to hear a hot take? They're an offensive coordinator away from winning that division next year. Because I think Depending that on what happens with Green Bay? I think Aaron Rodgers is gone. There's no shot. I, I think there's no shot he comes back to Green Bay and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Broncos fan. I think that he can go to Pittsburgh. It's already a weird year you know, as it is. You know like, what I mean? Like, no Sean Payton, no Ben Roethlisberger, no Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Aaron Rodgers can now finally just make things interesting. Be like, all right, where do I really want to play? Rodgers can go to Tampa. What, he can play in Tampa Bay? Ooh. If Aaron Rodgers goes to Tampa Bay. He can go to the Saints, too. If he goes know. to Tampa Bay, oh, man, we're going to see a Tampa Bay dynasty for, like, at least five years. I don't know. I'm, I'm just At saying least. I think that the Bears are an offensive coordinator away from being the best team in the division. Vikings, probably going to rebuild, uh, trying to find a new head coach, right? They just hired a GM that 
I guess is supposedly well-respected. I didn't really know who the guy was, but uh, a lot of people are very happy about the hire. Um, Lions are the Lions, right? They're Pretty much. They're capped out at eight and nine season at best, right? We know that. Um, Packers, Jordan Love, in the limited time that he's been on the field, he's almost thrown as many interceptions as Aaron Rodgers did over the course of the entire season, right, in the time he played. Well, that's not fair, though. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is... I'm just saying... I think that the Bears could legitimately compete for that division next year. They can. Yeah. They can. And I think the NFC is... New GM, I think new head coach. I think it might be wide open. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I think that's kind of it as far as coaching is concerned, right? I think that's everything. Until our phones ring. Until, any, yeah. Any given second. That's true. That's true, right? Any given second. All right, let's talk about the greatest weekend of football ever. Um, wow. I want to talk – I want to go in order of the games in which they happened. Let's, talk, let's start with Bengals at Titans. I think Joe Burrow has established himself as a top five quarterback in the NFL, and I don't think that's a crazy hot take. We know Mahomes and Allen are one and two. We well, know that. Tom Brady's now out, so that kind of exactly. helps. It so go, to me, Mahomes. Josh, Mahomes, Josh. Rodgers. Rodgers. Herbert. Herbert. Burrow. Burrow. Okay. I'd go Burrow, Herbert, but yes. Burrow, Herbert. I would I'm, take Burrow. Honestly, Herbert. to me, they're like super similar, except Herbert's got a slightly better arm. Yeah, he has a stronger, slightly, he has a stronger arm. Slightly, like, slightly better arm, but like, damn. Like, that's... Burrow's freaking amazing, Isn't it crazy now that like, aside from Rodgers, the top five quarterbacks in this league are barely 25? And they're all in the AFC. And they're in the AFC. The NFC had a long run of dominance. Yeah. I think that the AFC is going to take over here now. We didn't even mention Lamar. It's true. So, I don't know, man. It, I I think he's a top five quarterback. I don't think Lawrence of Jacksonville can figure it out. Yeah, exactly. We'll see what Zach Wilson becomes, right? Um, you know who we're not mentioning? Who we're not mentioning? AFC side, at least. Mac Jones. You know why? Because he's not good at football. He's good at football. Anyways, Joe Burrow is a just, top five quarterback. He got sacked a, nine times. No other quarterback in the NFL, and I will say look, this. Mac Jones had a good year for his style of play. I think you that, gotta understand that. Like, yes, I don't think Mac Jones is like one of the great quarterbacks, but I think he's a good quarterback in this league. I think that Mac Jones, what we saw this year, is his the cap of what he can do. No, I, I, don't, I believe that too. I, I think don't skills, think that I think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna get seen, real better. No, I think skills wise, we've seen everything. It's just now, I believe in the last two, three seasons, our expectations for a a really good quarterback in this league are much higher. It is no longer pro style pocket quarterbacks sit there in progressions and just make the right decisions. Right now, it's read options. Now it's throw the ball eighty yards downfield. Now it's running someone over if you have to. Now it's outrunning opponents. It's all these things. Like, we basically want an athlete with a cannon. We want what everyone hoped Cam Newton would be for a longer period of time. Cam Newton was kind of that guy for, like, a season, and that's it. You know what I mean? But that's now the standard amongst all the quarterbacks. And, unfortunately, Mac Jones doesn't meet that standard. He's a pocket-passing Good decision-making. He's not even a good decision-maker, really. He, he is. He's really not. Like, he's... Davis Mills played better than him this season. Sorry. And like, Dave Mills is also a 
pocket passer out of Stanford. He's better, though. I'm just saying. Like, we think those two quarterbacks are at least good. Not great. Good. They're okay. They're both starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I think Kirk Cousins is good. Thank, right I don't there. think Mac right Jones, there. I don't think Mac Jones that's, is ever going to be as good as Kirk. No, Cousins. no, no, no. That's that's the that's the tier I'm at. That's the tier. It's not the tier I'm at. I don't think he's as good as Davis Mills. I'm not saying he's. I'm not saying he's as good as Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is better than all those quarterbacks. But I think that's the level of quarterback play, tier wise, that I'm telling you. Like that's all these are like B level quarterbacks at best. I they, think, know, they won't be A-level quarterbacks. Why? Because they're not throwing the ball 90 yards down the field. They're not mobile. They're I not don't think Mac offense. Jones is a B-level quarterback. I think he's like a D-level quarterback. I'm saying at best Mac Jones can be a B-level quarterback. I don't know if he'll ever be that. You know what I mean? But anyways, he did Joe Burrow's a top-five quarterback. That's, that's the takeaway. I think Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow is. because he's. I think he's a top-five quarterback. I don't think and any, he does it. Well, being un- like so calm, like he. I don't think that any quarterback in the NFL, and I'm including Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in this. I don't think any other quarterback in the NFL could get sacked nine times and win a football game. I don't think I. I don't no. know. Joe Burrow. That's I don't know if that's thing. crazy. Thing Joe to Burrow say. is calm. That's the scary thing. He's calm. He's like Kevin from Home Alone, knowing two people are trying to break into your house. Calm. He's just like, oh. This is happening? That's ah, okay. I got a solution for it. What do you mean you have a solution for getting sacked nine times? What do you mean you have a solution for Tennessee Titans pass rush that all of a sudden was actually pretty good this year? What do you mean you're pretty calm knowing you have to go play against the number one seed on the road? Like, how are you calm knowing your offensive line is one of the worst in the league? Oh, it's fine. It's going to be great when they draft like a guard. And I got my best like... friend Jamar Chase. I got Tyler Boyd. I got... Yeah, I got everybody. I'm good. I got Joe Mixon in the backfield. I got a young head coach that's really knows his football, man. I, I I got all the right guys. I just need a good old line. But it's okay. I'm calm. I'm calm. Yeah, I got thrown in the dirt nine times. I don't care. Like, it's crazy how calm, how collective he is. And even his post-game interviews, he's just like, yeah, you guys ever seen that uh, meme where it's like, oh, yeah, F it, that receiver's down there somewhere. You know, I ain't gonna lie. There were times where I was like that with you know, Jamar Chase. It's it is what it is. Like he's he's just calm. And then he said in a different interview, Oh yeah, there were times where my headset didn't work at all, so I just called four plays on my own and they all worked. Because yeah. he's like, I know, I know, I know what works, I know what doesn't work. I I've had my cup of coffee. I'm good. It's weird that he's that calm. Any other quarterback, I really think, even Tom Brady, Mahomes, Josh Allen, they would not be that calm if they had Cincinnati's offensive line and going down the road to play Tennessee when they're the number one seed. I mean, we saw Mahomes last season with the offensive line equivalent. <laughs> right? Mahomes so, was panicking. He was running for we his saw life. Him in the he Super Bowl. Was, what happened when he didn't have an offensive line? He played like crap and he, you know, lost the game. Bro ain't doing that, man. No. That's the scary thing. As one Brady retires, another one arises. I think that Burrow is... That is the scary thing. I think Burrow stylistically is very, very similar to Tom Brady. And I think that he has a certain quality to him to, no matter what the circumstance is, you feel like you always have a chance because you got him. And I'm not saying he's going to win seven rings, but can he win a couple Super Bowls for a poverty franchise like Cincinnati? Yeah, you bet your ass well, he can. Well, after w- watching Cincinnati now make it to the AFC Championship game in just their second year with him? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, two years ago, this team was the laughing stock. 
this team was for sure going to be fourth place in the AFC North. They, yeah, they were one in fifteen two years ago. They're like, oh man, Joe Burrow is great, but they got to play against a, a newly revolutionized Cleveland Browns led by Heisman Trophy winner Baker Mayfield. Oh, and they got to play the Steelers, who's got Mike Tomlin, who never has a bad year. Oh, and then they got to play uh, Baltimore Ravens, who always have a good defense, and by the way, have Harbaugh coaching and Lamar Jackson, who's just doing his thing and dominating. They're like, there's no way. Cincinnati's even going to be top three in the AFC North. They win their division. They yeah. win two playoff games. They're playing in the AFC Championship game. And don't get me wrong, they had a lot of help to get there. You know, the Ravens were injured this year. Steelers didn't have an actual quarterback playing. They had my little brother Blake playing quarterback for them. Um, and then you we know Baker got hurt and was just never the same quarterback that he was before. But right? Cincinnati was never that organization or never had the team no, that could weren't. capitalize on those mistakes or on capitalize on those setbacks that other teams were facing. They never capitalized. Never. Like the, the greatest achievement they had that I, before they had Joe Burrow was that they sent the Bills to the playoffs because Andy Dolan played good like one of the five times ever in his career against the Ravens in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, that was their greatest moment. And it was more celebrated by the Bills they had, fans, obviously. They had, then. like, a couple good years under Andy Dalton where they went to the playoffs. And, you know, outside of that, it hasn't been great, right? Like, not only did they make the playoffs, but they hosted a playoff game because they won their division. It's not like they were the seventh seed. They were the four seed. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and now they're about to... Play the Chiefs and Arrowhead for the AFC title. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they can kind of repeat the success next year. I, I want to just gift them Tyler Linderbaum, who plays guard or center uh, at Iowa. He's one of the top college prospects this season. I just want to be like, here, it's a gift. A little bit of interior protection. We know that the left tackle is good, but outside of that, nothing, right? Right. So Here's a guard. We know Jonah Williams. We know Jonah Williams is good, right? Here's but another outside tackle. of him, they got nothing. Um, so yeah, I'm. We're gonna talk about who we're picking in a little bit, but God, the Bengals are really interesting. The Titans, though. Ah, uh, Derrick Henry did not look good. Um, I think that Ryan Tannehill is always gonna put like a cap on what the Titans could be. Yeah. Because um, he's in, again, that he, tier of quarterback where he's, he's, even if he's yeah. like the smartest person on the planet, his abilities only allow him to simply just make good decisions. That's, he's he's sitting he's right there with Kirk Cousins. He sits right there with Kirk Cousins where he's in the 11 to 14 range of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he just – He's gonna put a cap, and that's what we saw. You know, we saw the Titans couldn't get it; they just couldn't get it done, and they held the Bengals to what I think it was nineteen points, and you still couldn't get it done. You had a shot, but you choked, and then it was just Burrow to chase for one more play, and then yeah, I mean, apparently now they have the greatest kicker in the history of kickers. So who's a rookie? Who's a rookie out of Florida? I believe. I don't know, but he like he Evan knows he's a good Evan, kicker though because he even he even because he even told the backup quarterback like hey looks like we're going to the AFC title game before he even stepped on the field and kicked the game winner like and then I saw just right after the game his trick shot video he did in college where he opens the Gatorade bottle that's like three stories high yeah it was crazy yeah I mean this was a great game capped off by a last second field goal 
And every single game on this list was last second or an overtime game, which is just why it was the best weekend of football ever. So let's go ahead and go to game number two. 49ers at Packers, right? Was the next game or was it uh, Rams at Bucks? No, 49ers and Packers. 49ers, Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers is gone. He's going to be on a different team next year. I 100% believe it. I also think that Jimmy Garoppolo is the kid that does nothing in a group project but still gets an A <laughs> straight up. Like, <laughs> I, I, he's – God, Jimmy Garoppolo is not very good, but, but they wins, just uh, – And they trust him, and it works under Kyle Shanahan's system. My dude had like – I'm going to actually look it up. I'm pretty sure he had like 130 yards passing in this game. But it's just enough. The, uh, the 49 – It's just enough. No, when the, you have Debo Samuel, when you have Mitchell, when you have Kyle Kuzcheck and George Kittle, like – your offense is set up to be a physical run team without having to rely on simply one person to have the ball. Listen the to this stat line. If you would have told me Jimmy Garoppolo went 11 for 19 passing, only 131 yards, and threw one interception, and it wasn't even like they are getting it done on the ground. Their leading rusher had 53 yards. Their leading reception guy was George Kittle. He only had four catches. Nothing was working for the Niners in this game. And they won because of a blocked punt. Oh, special teams was key. It was... Special teams because they blocked... What was it? I think it was a field was, goal, too. It was, they blocked a field goal. Um, they blocked a punt and caught, landed on the ball in the end zone for a touchdown. Um, they scored zero offensive touchdowns, but won this game. Now, granted, it was in Wisconsin in January... You know I mean, there's not really a lot of teams. There, I mean, you say that, but we've seen teams score more than 13 points in a... But outside of Buffalo and Kansas City and maybe Cincinnati, like, who do you expect to score at least 20 points in that kind of weather? Well, I'll tell you. I expect the Green Bay Packers, led by Aaron Rodgers, to score more than 10 points. With I'll Aaron tell Jones you in the backfield, with Aaron... A.J. Dillon also in the backfield, and Devontae Adams at wideout. Yes. And I'm going to just... And with Matt LaFleur as Although, the head coach, who's a, one of the young yeah. offensive geniuses in the league. And I'll, I'm going to tell you this right now. Although I am praying that Aaron Rodgers comes to Denver, I think ultimately I'm going to blame the loss on Aaron Rodgers. You're at home in the playoffs. You're the favorite. You're the, by and large, favorite to go and win the Super Bowl, right? The odds makers have had them in Kansas City at the top all season. They went 13-4, and four, number one seed in the NFC, and you still can't get it done, man. And it's just like... Number one seed. It's you didn't even play against the Lions in the last regular season game because and it's just, it didn't affect the standings at all. Exactly. It's just it's just frustrating, you know? You were at home. It, this, happens, this happens every single year where we see the Packers, you know, they just choke every year. And it's becoming to the point where, like, yeah, they have a Super Bowl, but, like, it's getting to, like... Dallas Cowboys level of embarrassment, you know? Well, last year they didn't choke. It was the stripe hat said, no, Tom Brady's going to the Super Bowl. You get what I'm saying, though, right? It's becoming like Cowboys level stuff where you're like, "What what the heck, guys? You're supposed to be this great team. You've actually, you know, beat some good teams this year. Well, the whole you have NFC, a great quarterback. You have a great offense. You have a good defense. What's funny about the whole NFC, too, is like, and we're about to talk about, you know, the next playoff game pretty soon, but it's just like the only team in the NFC that didn't disappoint 
was the Rams, who you expect to disappoint because it's Matthew Stafford's, what, second playoff game, and he's going up against Tom and it was, Brady. Well, it, was the, it was the one team that had the most questions because it was a newer form team. I would argue that the 49ers, the 49ers had more questions because of who their quarterback is, right? But, but they knew what they were getting out of Jimmy G in that organization. You knew what you were going to get between Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan. You knew what the offense was already going to be. You knew what the defense was going to ultimately, be like. You knew what their weaknesses and strengths were. The Rams were a different team because all of a sudden, this good team finally had a good quarterback. And you're like, well, yeah, he's a good quarterback. We know Matthew Stafford's one of the best in the NFL, but he spent 12 years never winning a playoff game. And you're like, is it because Matthew Stafford's really not that great or is it because the Detroit Lions were that bad? Well, we found out. We found out. It was because the Detroit Lions. It was Lions. because the Detroit Lions are that bad. Matthew Stafford is good. And when you finally put a good quarterback on a good team, like I assumed would happen, but I also had some questions. I'm not going to lie. Wow. This is all of a sudden you have the one team that met all their expectations and more. You know, I have my notes open, and I wrote them way earlier in the week. And the first line under my Rams Buccaneers notes is that I don't think Brady is retiring. Wow! So, <laughs> cold takes exposed, right? Cold hard takes. Yeah. That, you should you should uh, post that picture on Twitter so that the <laughs> account can post it. Yeah, and then I have um, under that I wanted to talk about how good Von Miller has been for this team because he wrecked shop. He single handedly, not single handedly, but. He almost single-handedly won them this game. And, like, the next play, they kind of fumbled the ball away, I think, and gave the ball back to Tampa Bay. But he strip-sacked Brady for one last time. And I just, I'm just i proud to say as a Broncos fan that Von Miller is one of the main reasons Brady walked away from football. It, it's just so poetic. So poetic. Well, it's, it's, it's a great job by the Rams to acquire him because – you know, like, yeah, they already had Aaron Donald, and yeah, they already had Floyd. But they're like, we can just easily just double-team to double team those two guys, keep our running back to block, and then we're fine. You all of a sudden insert Vaughn Miller, a guy that you definitely don't want to leave one-on-one. Yeah, he might be a little bit past his prime, he's a little bit older, but he's still a guy you don't leave one-on-one. So all of a sudden, if you're trying to block Aaron Donald, Floyd, and Vaughn Miller, I mean, it's just... It's right now like the best D line probably in the NFL. Like out of you're, the four, you're, you're screwed. I think out of the four remaining teams, I think they would have the best defensive line, right? That yeah. definitely better than the Bengals. Yep. You know, the Chiefs have Melvin Melvin Ingram and then um, Chris Jones. Chris Jones. So they in contention, obviously. 49ers, they got Bosa, so they're in contention. You know, there's a lot of good defensive lines left. I, I, I still like the Rams, though. I mean, just Aaron Donald is in the middle, by the way. Aaron Donald brings pressure from anywhere, but and he's in the then, middle. And even then, he's the, in the middle, which allows Floyd and Vaughn Miller to just do their thing on the outside one-on-one with, one -on -one with their tackles. Even they then, have the easiest route to the quarterback because they have to make sure Aaron Donald is blocked. Yeah. Even then, I think the Bengals have a good defensive line. You know, Trey Hendrickson's on that team. No, it's it's. All, I mean, we're down to the conference championship game. There's obviously good no offensive and there's, good defense. There's no lines. bad football teams left playing in the NFL season. But just look at defensive line units alone. The Rams got the best one. Yeah, um, I guess we could talk about Bills and Chiefs now, um, which was a great game. This was just straight up. They left them too much time, Ashton. 13 seconds. 
Left Mahomes too much time, man. Too much time. I hate that 13 seconds is. Well, the scary too thing much was time. was there was back to back to back to back game winning drives. Yeah. Like Josh put it in, you're like, oh, there's only a minute and I don't even know what it was like 16 or 17 left. You're like, oh yeah, well it's too much time. Yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Kansas City scored. Oh, it's over now. It's less than a minute. It's they left Josh with what 52 seconds. 50 or something, something like that? seconds. You're like, oh, it's over. Oh no, Josh Allen throws another touchdown to Gabriel Davis. Who had 13. four touchdowns, by the way. Four touchdown passes. Uh, do you Catches. remember, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but me and you were talking either during the game or on the podcast, and we kind of mentioned like how much Emmanuel Sanders has kind of faded into the back, and he's like wide receiver four or five on this team because Isaiah McKenzie and Gabriel Davis has kind of stepped up and came out of nowhere. You know, in years past, in the last couple seasons, I've mocked wide receiver to the Bills, right? Because I thought they need wide receiver help. Um, I think they're good at receiver. They're fine. What's weird is like the up and like on paper, the upgrade they made at receiver, you know, aside from acquiring Amanda Sanders, it didn't seem like that big of a jump because they let go of John Brown. You're like, oh, but John Brown was actually a pretty good. He's a good Z. Deep he was actually a good deep threat receiver. Josh did just hold him. And you're like, yeah, but now we have Isaiah McKenzie and Gabriel Davis already. We just acquired Manny Sanders. We're like, okay, well, now that you brought in Manuel Sanders, kind of makes sense. And then you're like, well, Manuel Sanders ain't really doing much. I wonder why. Oh, it's because Isaiah McKenzie's is like motioning all over the place, playing the speed running back, being that slot receiver on the screen. They, they, oh, and they then you also him. have they Gabriel Davis, yeah. who's now being that deep threat all of a sudden out of nowhere. Oh, and by the way, he's misplacing defenders' ankles like. His oh, last touchdown. that last route was sir, nasty. Sir, sir, your ankles, you, you left them over here on the hash, sir. Someone was, I saw a tweet that said, what uh, what do you call this route by, by Gabe Davis? And they're like, assault. <laughs> Straight up, just assault. It was but, the nastiest route run I think I've ever but seen But the game entirely life. was ridiculous. And then you're like, oh, with 13 seconds left, Josh Allen just had... Two game-winning drives. The Bills are finally overcoming the AFC Kings of Kansas City. Oh, Travis Kelsey just attacked the seam, even though he was the only receiver to that side of the field against cover three and gained 40 yards, which was enough to get a game-tying field goal to take it into overtime. Oh, and then Travis Kelsey on a fade into the end zone catches it because Patrick or because Josh Allen called tails and the coin was heads. Yeah, I think that overtime rules in the NFL. I don't know what it was. I honestly, such a great game, still. However, like many people in this country, I want to know. I want the overtime rules at least during the postseason. I don't really care about regular season playoffs. I think the coin toss at that point, yeah, you deserve to win or lose by the coin toss. But when it's postseason, when you have teams like Kansas City and Buffalo with their nuclear arms race that's been going on the last two, three off-seasons, and you see them just duking it out, and then not only do they meet, but they exceed the expectations of how good the game was going to be, and you just see this onslaught of a shootout, that's the kind of game that deserves to have the college rules or at least an extended quarter in the, to an overtime because, I mean, my, it should not end with a coin. <laughs> The two best quarterbacks in the league shooting it out like that. I mean, that's a game that deserves to be final score 84-77. I don't care what the score is. People don't care what the score is. That was an amazing game, and it ended too weirdly, too shortly. 
I w- I've been meaning to ask you because we didn't really talk about. Um, I honestly had no clue what your opinion on the overtime rules was. I didn't know if you were going to make the argument you just did, which is the argument I do agree with. Um, or if you were going to be like, which I kind of agree with this to a certain extent as well. Like my coaching brain is like, you know, we should have made a stop earlier in the game, you know, et cetera, et cetera, on defense. But then my fan hat comes on and I'm like, man, screw that. Let the quarterbacks duke it out, man. Like, you know, like, I understand. I understand. The Bills defense should have made a stop or, you know, I guess like they're competing too. But then that means Kansas City's defense just gets be like, hey, we won. We ain't got to do this. Like, oh, we're done because we have Mahomes and he's going to have the ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like, at that point, both offenses and both defenses need to be out on the field to see which team really wants it more. I understand the argument for both sides. Do I think a change is going to happen? No, I don't think it is because uh, three seasons ago, I think it was 2018 when the Patriots... Mahomes complained, Tom Brady had the ball. Yes, the Chiefs tried to change the rule, didn't happen, and now people want the rule changed because it, you know... And props to Josh post-interview saying, you know what, you know, it is what it is. Honestly, if I called heads, there's a good chance it went the other way and we've been hosting AFC. Yep. So... He did a great job posting. Like, I personally believe playoff time, you got to have different rules. I, I get it. During the regular season, you know, you kind of want the overtime not last too long. You, you, you know, don't want to risk. These you know, players the longer, don't want to risk injury. The long, I, I yeah, get that. The longer they play, the but more likely they are But this is championship caliber football, and these were definitely the best two teams in the AFC. Duking it out. Like, when there's a championship on the line, all bets are off. Yeah. They know it. We know it. The fans know it. All bets are off. So we want good football until one team completely beats the other. Mm-hmm. Rather than by three points, seven points, we don't care. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I don't know what that system is because I'm not even a big fan of the college rules. You know, I don't want to put uh, – if I start would from say, like the 50. I, I would say extra quarter. And then that the kickoff coin would determine who gets the ball first in the beginning of the overtime period. Because then that would at least affect how the coach wants to, you know, plan the last two minutes of the regular, of of regular time. Because then you're like, um, okay, well, if we don't score now, they already won the coin did toss. You, did you see what Nick Wright's solution was? Mm-mm. Um, so Nick Wright of First Things First, one of the Fox morning shows, suggested this. He's a big Chiefs fan, but he even thinks the rules should be changed, right? Um, he suggested one team... You know, the home team gets to decide where the ball is placed or the away team gets to... One team gets to decide where the ball is placed on the field. The other team decides if you want to be on offense or defense first. So do you risk being on defense first? You know, you put the ball, like, on the 20-yard line on one side of the field, make the team go 80 yards. Then the other team, you know, do we have faith in our offense to go 80 yards or are we going to trust our defense, you know? So, either, so then, neither team can complain, right? Because you both had an opportunity to choose, and, you know, it'd be an interesting thing to see, you know, what strategy teams take and stuff. And I think it's an interesting thing that probably is never going, it's never going to happen, but it is interesting to think of it that way, you know? Both teams have an impact on who gets the ball first, where the ball is placed. Like, if you put the ball on the five-yard line, heck yeah, I'm going to be on defense first. Right. You know? My defense, 95 yards, my defense, we deserve to lose that. You know what I mean? 
Or do you be like, we have the best offense in the NFL. We're going to go 95 yards right now. You put it at midfield. Oh, I'll take it on offense. Don't let a field goal in the game. I don't know. It's just, I thought that was kind of interesting. Just kind of wanted to bring that up. Are you ready for um, championship predictions? Yes. All right. Let's do it. First game, Bengals at Chiefs. Yeah, <sighs> Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Last time these teams played, the Bengals won. Ashton, we know that the Chiefs are the better team. I'm going to pick the Chiefs, but I'm going to be rooting so hard for the Bengals and <laughs> Joe Burr and Jamar Chase. I, I just, I am going to be praying for the Bengals. Uh, Everyone part, outside of Kansas City, Missouri, wants the Bengals to win. A, a part of me, like, is happy for both teams. Just I'm because, not like, happy for the, well, like, I hate here's the, the thing. Chiefs. Like, I like Patrick Mahomes, man. Like, it's hard for me to, like, not like him. Patrick Mahomes' family makes it hard to like but him, like, right? Well, here's, <laughs> no, no, so here's the thing. Analytically, analytically, I don't even know if I said that right. Analytically. Analytically, I choose the Chiefs. They're at home championships on the line. We just saw them have a crazy good game against Buffalo. I mean, it was more of a shootout type of thing. We'll probably see that against Cincinnati, but Chiefs are just playing really good football, and, like, they don't have any intentions to let Cincinnati go, obviously. But, man, his brother is annoying. And it also didn't help that his girlfriend sprayed a bunch of His wife now. Or his his wife. wife Sorry, yeah, his wife. Sprayed champagne all over fans. Now, granted, the fans were probably cool with it going like, hey, yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes. Why? Yeah, like, yeah, it's the first lady. Like, woohoo. But it, from the video perspective, it just kind of gave like, like, these are my peasant vibes. And it just didn't, <laughs> it just oh didn't, it just didn't look good from everyone else's perspective. And also, it's just like the fact that she just decided to do that. And the family didn't care, and you know the little brother was probably somewhere next to her. I don't even know, but it's just like <laughs> twerking somewhere, you know, in the corner, like, like they're. Uh, it just looks like they're abusing NFL royalty. It yeah. just looks like it. You know what I mean? And maybe it's because I'm spoiled, and I've watched how the Mannings were, even when they had two brothers making it to the NFL and both become two-time Super Bowl champions. I we never saw you know I mean? like, we, we never, never saw Tom Brady's wife going out there acting never, this way. Right? We we never saw Giselle like that. Yeah. We never saw Brett Favre's family like like we never. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just wrong, and you know, maybe the fans were cool about it. I don't know. I wasn't there, but it, I'm just getting like spoiled vibes off them. It's and then annoying. the article, and then the article about Mahomes' little brother at the bar and how the bar kind of just. Burn him. Oh, that was the best burn ever, man. Oh, just, you know what I mean? Just like, it, it's... And I don't want to bully the kid, it's starting right? to, It's starting to give WWE vibes. Where, yeah, you kind of want to go for Cincinnati because they're the, the fan base that's more hungry because they haven't been in this in so long. Because they have Joe Burrow, who's just super calm and collective and just representing his hometown in, in Ohio. And, you know, he's like, he's the local kid trying to help his local team win some games. And you're just like... Oh, narrative-wise, I want to go for Cincinnati, but it's hard to see the Chiefs lose at home with the Super Bowl on the line. So you're picking Kansas City? I'm picking Kansas City, but like you, I would not mind if Cincinnati caught the dub. Since the Raiders were eliminated from the playoffs and my Broncos didn't make the playoffs, we have definitely been a 
Bengals and Bills household. And even though the Let's Raiders, just say that. And even though the Raiders lost to Cincinnati, it's just like, you know what? If there was any team worth losing to, pretty closely, weirdly enough, Cincinnati was the team. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like we lost bad to New England to Mac Jones. It's not like we got, you know, who's the who's the seventh seed in the AFC? Oh, the Chargers. Oh no, not even the Chargers. No. <laughs> Steelers. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what I mean. It's, it's not like oh, we. Had, it's man. not like it's not like the Steelers beat us in overtime. You know what I mean? Like we 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 duked it out with a really good team apparently. That is now playing Kansas City in the AFC title game. One more thing. Uh, eliminate seventh seeds. All right, 49ers at Rams. Yes, get rid of the seventh seeds. Get rid of the seventh seeds so bad. 49ers are 2-0 against the Rams this year. It might it just end up being a 49ers home game, even I, though I it's in LA. Drama, I know there's a lot of drama about what fans are actually going to be in SoFi. Supposedly, I've read something on Twitter. Supposedly, they fixed the uh, ticket stuff. Anybody could buy tickets now, et cetera, et cetera. I really do think this is going to be a very 50-50 crowd because there's so many people in the state of California that like the Niners, even over there in Los Angeles, right? Well, that's the thing. California itself is super divided by a lot of franchises. I mean, we have a lot of we have a lot of Raiders fans, Niners fans, Rams fans, Cowboys fans. Yeah. It's 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 weird. Like we we cheer for a lot of teams and not even just from the same state at times. So it is what it is. Oddly enough, the one team that doesn't really have a lot of fans is, is the Chargers, but it's okay. They they still have time to. They're gonna get fans. They'll, they'll get fans years. sooner rather than later. I, I don't feel too bad for them because Justin Herbert's the guy, and I'm pretty sure there'll be a lot of people cheering for them. Yeah, but, yeah. This is gonna be a good game, but man. it'll be a good game, and I really like it when there is a lot of fans from both sides. I mean, yeah, like home team advantage should matter to some impact, but. When you got the Niners and the Rams, I mean, they're NFC West rivals, what? state rivals. What is it about the 49ers that the San Ram- Francisco the versus Rams- LA rival cities for crying out loud? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Giants fans and Dodgers fans are really going to watch this game too? Like, what is it about the 49ers that the Rams just can't figure out? They, like, 6 and 0 in like the last three seasons against the Rams. Obviously, that's with Jared Goff a little bit, right? But. Man, I don't know what it is. It is going to be so hard for the Niners to beat this team three times. I'm going to take the Rams at home. I might regret that because I picked against I picked against the Niners in every single game they've played in the postseason. I picked Dallas over them. I picked Green Bay well, over them. Well, then here's the thing. And I'm going to pick it the Rams a surprise. over them. You know what I mean? Like, if someone bet on the, Ram- on the Niners to make it this far, they want a lot of money. They want a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like, someone got paid out good at... Some Niners fans live in pretty good right now, or at least now paying their rent in San Francisco. Um, but I think one of the big reasons why the Niners have had good history so far against the Rams this season, why they swept them in the regular season, is because Kyle Shanahan knows Sean McVay. They like they know each other. They understand what systems are going to do. It's all about who has the better players, right? Like, they both know what they're going to do defensively to stop their own offenses. You say that, but I would argue the Rams have the better team. And I think a lot of people would argue that the Rams have the better team. And still somehow this year, the four downs are 2-0 against the Rams. Rams have better receivers. Like, a better receiver core. They have a better defensive line. They have but a better the Niners quarterback. Have a more, but the Niners have a more versatile offensive personnel. Because Kyle Kuzcheck could be everything. 
Debo Samuel is everything. George Kittle is damn near impossible to tackle once he has the ball in his hands. So Jimmy G only has to make decent decisions. Whereas Matthew Stafford, he's actually going to be forced to make good throws. And he did make good throws against Tampa Bay to ice it up and host the NFC title game. And possibly host the Super Bowl next week if they get the win. But, like... I think that Sean McVay need they traded to get Matthew Stafford because they need Matthew Stafford to play good quarterback when the play itself doesn't work. They needed a guy who isn't going to have to audible at the very last second. Like you know, like and Jim or Kyle Shanahan, he's going to force Matthew Stafford to play quarterback without making an audible. He's going to force him. It's. It's really just going to be a really good chess match, honestly. Even though on paper the Rams have the better roster, you know, it's really going to come down to Kyle Shanahan versus Sean McVay. I think that this game has so many question marks. And then, you know, last week the 49ers didn't score a single offensive touchdown. Last week the Rams, four turnovers, tried to give that game away to Tampa Bay. If Cam Akers right? wasn't. And if, you well, just, if, Cam, if Cam Akers just had. That second hand underneath, the Rams would have already pulled away and won. That's where it really came down to. Rams were still playing good football. Well, that's they unfortunately I'm... had some very last second turnovers with Cam Akers. That's what I'm saying. Both I'm sure teams... they fix. And if they fix that, you know, this week in practice, this Rams team is definitely the favorite to beat the Niners. Well, that's why I I don't know, man. I just it's a su- I'm but taking it, the Rams. It's such a hard game. I'm picking the Rams too. But I, I again, this could easily be a trap game because the Niners have proven that they are playing good football despite being the sixth seed. And this is an NFC West rivalry. This is a San Francisco-LA rivalry. This is for a trip to the Super Bowl. Like, And the Niners aren't even going that far from their own home. Like, They're just going down the state. They're only going down the I-5. It's like a one-hour flight. That is another thing. The Rams could you know, basically host the Super Bowl, and that'll be the second year in a row that someone has hosted the Super Bowl after it never happening in NFL history right. up until last season. That'd be interesting. You also have the potential for a 49ers-Chiefs rematch of last two years ago. You've seen the joke that uh, the world shut down after that Super Bowl, so now that the, Niner, the Niners have to make everything right in the world <laughs> by beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, so we're both taking the Chiefs and we're both taking the Rams. I will be rooting very hard for both underdogs, though. I would like to see the Niners. I'd like to see the Bengals. I, I mean, I, I like all four teams. They're all playing good football. And honestly, the the, the, the great thing, even though I, I we just addressed Tom Brady's being the go, it's just the fact that he's not playing for the Super Bowl this year. It's just the fact that it's a Tom Brady-less Super Bowl. That's what I'm most excited about. Respect to Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. Never going to argue against it. Like, he should dominate the sport the way no other person has dominated any other sport. But it is nice that he's not in this discussion. It's just nice. But all props to all four teams. Good luck to all the best of you. Really excited to see what the Super Bowl matchup is going to look like next week. Yeah, me too. Go Bengals. <laughs> That's all I got to say. <laughs> see you guys next time. Yep. Go Bengals. Who day? Are you kidding me right now? Right right when we were about to end the episode? We literally, as I got a notification on my phone as right. soon as I clicked stop recording. And I guess Tom Brady has not made a final decision. 
I'm like I'm like done with Adam Schefter, dude. This dude's like all over the place. Let's, like, let's just do this. Okay, look. I am as of now an Ian Rappaport guy now. As of now, this this crazy morning, it has been told that he was retiring. Almost everyone and their mother, from the media standpoint, has said that he is retiring. Recently, we just heard that he hasn't made an official final decision. And granted, we didn't see him post himself that he was retiring. So, everyone just hold on to your hats. Yeah, I'll read the report. Um, Brady contacted Bucks GM Jason Light. Told him he has not made a final decision on retirement. Disputing the ESPN report. So, yeah. We're just waiting on Brady to say. Until Brady posts something, I'm not listening to a single another report. Um... And even Scheffner said that it was based off another source he heard. So it was still a secondhand source to begin with. But Holy yes, it was Adam Scheffner that said it. And then this is everyone bet on it. ESPN, Barstool, Fox Sports. Like everyone bet in. This is like the biggest L of all time. This, this, oh, oh if this man comes back next year, I'm going to be, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> like. I'm so tired. Everyone of in the world's watching. I, I guess that's yeah. All right. Well. All right. Well, I guess we're ending the podcast for a second time. So we'll find out. Screw everything that we've said. We'll probably have an. I hope we have an answer by next podcast. Whether this dude's retiring. Or hope not. it's not by tonight. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna post this right now. So whatever. Anyways, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Stampede. Uh, all I have to say is go Bengals.